Welcome to the Knowledge Entrepreneurs Show, where we celebrate the innovators driving change in the education industry. At Edison OS, we've worked with over 500 knowledge entrepreneurs to turn their edtech ideas into profitable businesses. In today's episode of the Knowledge Entrepreneur Show, we have Mohini Sood, founder of Test Maestro. Mohini Sood is a test preparation expert with over a decade of experience teaching students how to ace standardized tests. She has helped students achieve their dream scores on the GMAT Verbal, GRE Verbal, SAT English, PSAT English, and ACT English. Mohini's classes cover the entire syllabus of the test, and she also shares great tips and tricks to increase speed and accuracy. She's passionate about helping students reach their full potential, and she takes the time to understand each student's individual needs. In addition to her teaching, Mohini also works as a content developer for test preparation companies. She has authored numerous practice questions and study guides, and she's always looking for new ways to help students improve their scores. Hi, Mohini. Good morning. Welcome to the Knowledge Entrepreneur Show. Thank you so much for taking your time out uh, to be here with me today. Good morning. And uh, I'm really thankful for, you know, making me come here. <laughs> this is a great opportunity and a great platform. It's uh, totally our pleasure, Mohini. I mean, uh, we have always wanted to talk to people who've had entrepreneurial journeys and uh, mm-hmm. there's nothing amazing than, you know, getting to know the journey, the ups and downs, the challenges. Uh, it really helps uh, people get an idea of what it takes to be an entrepreneur uh, and I how agree. different it is to be teaching for a company and how different it is to come out as a teacher and then you mm-hmm. having to do everything. Absolutely. So on that note, um, but yeah, sorry, before we get into that, Moni, uh, if you can, you know, walk us through your journey from, you know, the point you probably graduated or even you can go back to your education and up until the point that you got into training and everything surrounding that. Ah, okay, so I'll have uh, a lot to say in that case. Sure. So I'll, I'll go back to my schooling then, you know, yeah. I did my schooling from Dehradun. Uh, my siblings were all, they were all studying in Dehradun. I'm basically from Calcutta, but we've been, you know, they were out for the boardings. Right. So even I we landed up there. And um, yeah, I mean, I saw something different, the boarding life and the hostel life. That was great. Uh, post that, I moved to Pune, where again, I pursued graduation, Bachelor in Commerce in Symbiosis, College of Arts and Commerce. Right. And a great opportunity, a great exposure, you know, Pune, Bombay side was like a completely new place for me. And I, I really love Pune. Like that's like my second home, I can say okay. that. I spent a good seven, eight years in Pune. Right. So I'm totally in love with Pune. Like if I have to move somewhere, I will definitely move and stay in Pune. Okay. And that's where, uh, you know, I started with my journey. So uh, I got graduated. After BCom, you don't have many options. Like, I mean, either you are pursuing a chartered accountant right. course or executive. I was not into that. I thought I'll just go ahead and do some masters. I'll go get into some IIM and, you know, get a fancy ass um, graduation, post-graduation done. But yeah, I mean, I was uh, very naive to um, not take up, not take up the studies accordingly. So I, I was like, you know, let's just focus on CAT and we, I'll be able to make it. I did not get a great percentile. I wouldn't even want to talk about okay. it. But yeah, all my dreams came crashing down. I did not sit in the placements as well. You know, the uh, Symbiasis had great placements. Okay. You know, the 
Google coming in and there were like fancy companies coming right. in. I was so sure in my head that, you know what, I'm just going to IMs. I don't need to sit for this interview. <laughs> but yeah, it all went a little wrong there. But while I was getting trained for these interviews in my college, you know, we had this company coming up. They were training me for interviews, right. like soft, right. you can say. I, I found that to be really appealing. You know, I, I liked what they were doing and it looked like, you know, I can do the same. Right. You know, why not? Why why can't I do the same after graduation? If master's is not working out, let's go ahead with that. Right. So, yeah, I, I initially started my journey being a soft skill trainer. I got trained myself. Okay. And um, I I did I took a few trainings with some engineering colleges in Mumbai and Pune. It was a great experience again, you know, training students for interviews and everything. Eventually, I uh, got an opportunity to take up IELTS training in Mumbai. So the institute trained me for IELTS and TOEFL kind of trainings, where again I came to know about these courses and how they work. Right. And uh, I, I basically started practicing it more while t- training in the institutes. I uh, understood what the students might need, where I could come and help. And from there, I eventually and gradually moved to GMAT, GRE and SET kind of courses. You know, now that when I look back, I mean, uh, I, I feel that just with the, the thought of providing training got me to the place where I am right now. At that point in time, I never thought that, you know, GMAT, GRE, SAT was like a big deal for me. I never thought that I could take it up and I would be so great in the teaching part. And, you know, I would understand what the students might need and uh, just tackle everything so brilliantly. uh, Why am I saying I'm not trying to self-praise myself that I'm saying, you know, I brilliantly did it. But because my students got great scores, my um, institutes that I was working with, they they kind of uh, started giving me more responsibilities. So when you're working, the more responsibilities you get, you know that you're doing great at whatever you're doing. You know, you're being So that was one thing which told me that, you know, you're doing great with your job. Your students are liking your work. They're getting their scores. You're learning so much new. So training is one thing that I started from, right? So soft scale, IELTS, TOEFL, and then GMAT, GRE, and SAT. Right. The second thing I came, uh, you know, I was thinking to myself that who are these people who are making these questions and answer solutions mm. for students? I'm like, uh, how cool will it be if I start doing that? Because now that I've taken up so many tests, so many questions, everything is so repetitive for me. Right. When you're teaching an institute, you're teaching that same content over and over again, right? right? right. You, you can possibly just, uh, you know, keep your eyes closed and be like, you know what, this is the answer for that question. Right. You're, you're, it's so usual. Right. Then I was like, you know, I think now is the time when I need to upgrade a little bit. So let's try and look for an opportunity where I can create question and answer solutions, you know? So that was another level that I wanted to get to. I eventually did get an opportunity where I was just creating the question answer solutions for GMAT and GRE. Uh, this is something that was a total, uh, you know, th- that that was a time when I thought that's pretty challenging. You know, question answer solutions, creating them is not so easy right. as it was when it was in the trading uh, part yes. of it, right? Uh, but yeah, because I found it tough, I, I made it a point that I have to understand and I have to ace it. Again, I started, I was working with an institute, so I created question answer solutions, got appreciated for it, was creating more and more. And then I realized that, you know what, uh, on LinkedIn, through LinkedIn, I was getting a lot of people inquiring for one-on-one tutoring and for question answer solutions because they could see that, you know, my profile, I'm doing this kind of right. work. 
but because uh, we sign an agreement with the institutes that we cannot take up the trainings uh, with anybody else right we cannot uh, create question answer solutions with anybody else so i was like i guess this is the time when i can possibly start doing something on my own right uh, also i come from a business background so my uh, father my great grandfather my grandfather they all were in the business setup okay. so uh, so when it came to me working uh, it was a very difficult path for me because uh, you know uh, thinking of you doing a job when your entire family is in business it's it's a little difficult it's not bad now i've come to a point where i understand it's not at all bad because whatever i've learned i've learned through these yeah, opportunities yeah. right i i have that gratitude for those opportunities now but back then when i was actually uh, working for somebody it was not a very very great feeling you right. know i always felt that you know you can you can do something you know you you have it in your blood do something about right. it but i was not sure that you know um, also i would not say i will say that i possibly did not have that risk appetite also right. you know that, uh, is is it uh, will it be very risky for me to quit my well paying job and then get into a you know this business setup you know company setup i don't know will i be able to handle it myself or not i had so many questions right. so uh, but eventually i realized that i can you know because i was getting so many opportunities online through linkedin people were reaching out my profile was getting stronger and stronger because of all the work that i did yeah. for institutes yeah so i started off taking up a few trainings i was not uh, you know when i quit my job i was not taking a full fledged training right. uh, like i did not have like 20 students coming in or doing something like that my agenda was only uh, to take few students in hand for whom i can get their desired scores i i was very clear with this idea that i would just give possibly one year to this you know where i will just uh, try and do whatever is possible in my hands to make sure that these students they get the scores whatever they desire right so i took very few students in hand and because i train in a lot of fields like gmat gre sats i was not training actively for ielts and toefl i uh, i made it a point that i have students in all these tests right. I, i want to stay in touch you don't want to lose the right. touch right so um i i train students very few students uh with this kind of a training process and um eventually i had a lot of institutes again reaching me out for a visiting lecture or you know come help our students so our students are st uh, stuck between a particular score uh, can you do something more we have the teachers in place can you do something more so that they get their desired scores and uh, eventually i also got institutes uh, to help them with creating the question answer solutions right so that is when i uh, you know 6 months of doing this freelancing i decided that this is the time when i want to set up my own company and i want to give give away these services as a part of my company right currently i am uh, giving one on one tutoring to students i am also creating question answer solutions for institutes and uh, yeah i mean this is a happy place this is a very happy place i'm also expanding i have a quant teacher in place because i have trained students for verbal right, right. part and i want to give that uh, full fledged experience to the institutes and the students i want to take that responsibility that where i say your entire score i am going to make sure that you get that entire score not just the verbal but the quant bit as well 
so i took that responsibility and now uh, i have two freelancers and a full time employee working uh, for my company test maestro and it's going great till now awesome i was and yeah. uh, un- you know until you brought up the point about having a quant teacher working with you i was my next question yeah. was going to be hey you know what all the people that i've spoken to you know who are in the test prep coaching industry most of them yeah. seem to have come from you know either a science background or engineering background and stuff like that mm-hmm. and uh, that's mm-hmm. how you know they'd be teaching verbal and quant and right. uh, so i understand you started off teaching only verbal you'd never touched quant no no right by now i have an idea of what quant is all about <laughs> in gmat jarian essays but yeah because it's not my forte and i would only want to give the students and the institutes the best that they can have i have kept it away from me and with the whole transition now i i'm sure you know that gmat uh, the entire pattern has yeah. changed yeah. gmat pattern has changed there's a lot of transition and now i've come to a point that possibly i can you know prepare for quant and uh, I, i want to do that that is the next step in my career that i'll be taking where i take up the quant as well eventually i i neither i don't plan to take up the trainings on my own or uh, you know create question answer solutions on my mm-hmm. own i plan to um i plan to supervise these activities while i cater to more clients and more students right so i want to take responsibility that all these services will be delivered to you timely and on a very proper manner right uh, that's the whole plan of test maestro that would be the next step got it got it moni so how long has it been since you started test maestro test maestro it's been um, three and a half years approximately that you started with test maestro okay and uh, you also said you know before you started test maestro you did six months of freelancing you know where you kind of validated uh, yeah. your services yeah. and that's when you yes. were hired by training institutes uh, to do yeah. stuff but you also mentioned that yeah. you know training institutes already had teachers um but they still yeah. wanted you to in addition to that they wanted you to do something so that the students could get desired right. results right could you yeah. uh, share what are the exact things that you did so i'll tell you what uh, when it comes to a training institute they are packed with sessions back to back sessions right. they are delivering sessions in uh, you know where they have to take up certain concepts in a particular hours and in one day they, that's the compulsion that the even the teacher gets right. so when even i was working with institutes i had to make sure that session 1 i take up this entire thing right, right? and when you take it in a batch right somebody is probably getting it somebody is probably not getting right. it right. you know that person probably needs more times on that particular topic but you've got to end because you have to move to the session 2 the next right, day right 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 so they will have to continue their services like that because they end they they plan to cater to that those number of students they can't halt the sessions to accommodate clarify. for a few students yeah right so when they see that the students are bright and you know they are getting um, somewhere the scores are somewhere close to their desired score but they're not able to make it to that particular benchmark right that particular score that they are desiring that is the time when they will call me then i'll do some analysis on each student i will understand where in the mocks they are faltering where they need to focus more so when i take up sessions with them i don't do the concept building right right unless until it's extremely required that possibly you know i feel that the student has no idea about uh, this particular concept right right, right? 
I feel that there's something that needs to be changed. Only then I would touch base with the consultant. Right. But when the student comes to me, I'm basically assuming that this person has to know. By then, he has to know this particular right. thing. And then take it uh, ahead from that so that the student's time is not wasted. Plus, I am catering to what I have been hired for, right? That we have to work on that particular score. And for that particular score, we need to look into very small details right. of the test. Right. right from a particular concept to even the mental health of the student. You know, sometimes uh, the student is so stressed with the fact that, let's say I appeared for GMAT five times. I was not able to get the scores. Now, what do I do? I'm only left with three attempts. Right. You know, there's that um, anxiety, you can say, you know, it happens with everybody and it's very normal. It's it's, it's super normal. Okay. So probably just tackling that bit, maybe just giving more confidence. It can be as simple as right. that. So that is when I come into place. And um, only for those students who are brilliant and who can get the desired scores, I get in touch with them personally on a one-on-one -on -one tutoring kind of a service. Got it. And yeah. uh, there are other students who are already there. These are the students. Somehow something is not happening. A deeper analysis needed. Right? Yeah. 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 Got it, Moni. So, Moni, in the industry, right, is there a specific role just for this? Because this seems like a very common uh, occurrence, right? Uh, yeah. So you have those visiting faculties, right? Not every institute will have that. Uh, but uh, some of the institutes uh, who are very, uh, you know, they, they are very particular about this and they are, you know, they are doing so much to make sure that the student gets the desired score right from their normal sessions to doubt sessions to revision sessions. They have a lot going on, right? right? They would come ahead, uh, you know, and be like, you know, I probably need someone else to jump in and take care of this particular child, right? Right. Institutes, they ultimately want the scores, right? That is how they are going to be appreciated. So when they see a bright student, they've got to take that much of uh, efforts, right? That, you know, this person can, and so we will do this, right? Got it, got it, Moni. Moni, before we, uh, you know, move ahead and talk more about Test Maestro, I'd like to take, uh, you know, go back a little bit and talk about your experience when you were preparing questions. And I think you were doing it for the verbal alone, right? Um, yes. So you said uh, it may not be that challenging and then you found it to be challenging and then you kind of tried to work more on it. Is that correct? So, yeah, initially, no, I never had an idea as to how challenging it could Got be it. or how easy it could be. It was just an idea that appealed to me. Got I was it. like, who are these people who are making these? Right. You, so, right. yeah. So, yeah, that is how I went into that role. I did find it challenging initially. But yeah, I mean, when you when you take up a lot of questions or solutions, when you have practiced enough, the good part with me was that I had practiced enough. Right. I had taken enough mocks, enough practice to know what the question should be asking, right, in a general manner. So, yeah. Got it. The reason I'm going back to that is for people who'd like to explore that opportunity in this industry right. right what would you you right. know how would they need to approach it you know what are the things that you learned you assumed but then you learned later can you break it down okay okay yeah sure so um i think first of all whoever is training right um these kind of courses they should definitely have the experience of even creating the question answer solutions that's like that's like going one step ahead right right 
so it's like uh, we do say that right uh, that 80 to 90% of whatever you teach is something that you retain right. right so if you want to learn something the best way you've got to teach it to somebody right. right so if you want to understand the approach or the minute minute details that you can tell your students you know that how you can do better in that i think the approach is you start creating question answer solutions right by by that i don't mean that just create a question answer solution i mean take up a question let's say official guide right let's take up a question on that now you saw what that particular question is testing right try to create something similar to it that's testing the same thing right. you know the same logic right right so when you are creating a question based on the same logic there's no way that that logic is not going to be clear to you right right with a question you're also creating the incorrect options right so to identify right. what can right. be incorrect right. you've got to know what's incorrect hmm. right so when you're creating a question answer solution you've got to practice the correct the, the already made ones and then create a question that's testing the same logic got right it. and then create the answer solution now the way that you can get such opportunities would be of course if you're training somewhere you can possibly you know first approach them that you know i i am interested in doing this do you have any such opportunity for me possibly don't look for money at that point in time right. you know if you can that is because i would not say everybody has very different you know levels of understanding with this as per their situations but uh, possibly try to let go the money aspect got it for it because uh, if you understand that particular aspect very well you'll have a lot coming in later right <laughs> right, right. it's like a, it's like you're getting trained it's like you're a student now you've got to learn right, right? right. have that learning mentality and that's going to help right so this is this is the way that we can approach no this is great the way you put it right i mean if you want to learn teach and if you want to teach go create the questions go create the problems that you're trying to teach right. the solutions for right um, and yeah if you happen to and then the way you teach the students itself might change completely right yeah yeah so sometimes you know my something might happen like this that somebody is really really interested in student interaction they don't like sitting on laptops and creating content they don't like it it's completely natural but if you if you do some of it you can probably better be better with your interaction with the student right. you know that's the whole point how did it uh, change your uh, teaching approach uh, before you created these questions and after you created these questions a lot a lot so before uh, i started creating questions and solutions i was very technical you know taking up uh, the methods and the tricks that are easily available everywhere and there's a lot of content on these courses online and all content that you can almost take up the entire thing in a you know very free way right it's all freely available but i kind of my training approach the way i train my students has completely changed hmm. the from the time i started creating questions and solutions because i am no longer training on those similar lines which are already there right i am training on the lines that you know what this is the logic identify the wrong ones also and you know why it's wrong let's understand that as well correct right right so it's it's changed the entire approach very much and that is how i have stayed unique you know that's my way 
and trust me you know i have not spent anything on test maestro test maestro's marketing all the opportunities that i have gotten is thankfully through linkedin you know right. there is word of mouth there's linkedin i have people approaching me for questions or solutions for training so i did not have to do a lot for marketing and um, it was quite great the response was quite great is still great so imagine if i start marketing how people will come you know they, they'll probably come to know it better probably get to interact with me and know it better right right without marketing without spending a lot i'm just focusing on my um, my knowledge right i'm just focusing on what i have to give and how i can be unique in this entire market where there are like players sitting since i don't know how many yeah, years yeah. We will come to that. Uh, I'll come to how you market and how you get your students. Uh, but I think for students, I think one of the new ways in which they can um, kind of choose their teachers is to ask a simple question. Hey, have you created questions? <laughs> Because yeah. it definitely does seem like it makes so much sense. You don't even have to understand why. It makes so much sense. If you can create the question, you can help the student get behind the thought process of the question. Exactly. Exactly my point. Great. Okay, now uh, since you mentioned about money, so what's the yeah. what's the market you know rates like? You know what are your charges or you know like is it per question or is it per test? How does okay. it happen? All these. Okay, I can give you an overview sure. about it. Yeah. Right. So uh, when I charge for question answer solutions, it's per question answer solution. Okay. Right. So in the market, you will find uh, trainers or uh, you know even the founders who are working in this industry charging for uh, hours for even the content creation. Oh. So let's say uh, I I charge on an hourly basis. So in an hour, approximately, I'll be able to make two questions or three questions or whatever their number is. So there are two types that you will find in the market. One would be charging as per the number of hours they put into for that work. Right. another way you might find is as per the number of question answer solutions that you ask for right? right so i go with question answer solution that's more appropriate for me got it how much can one expect to get paid like what's the range like the lowest to highest so i'll tell you uh, you can go as low as 300 per question to as high yeah per question answer solution to as high as Thousand or to fifteen hundred even. I have not touched that level yet. Got it. Right, somewhere in between. But again, uh, I it's not been a very long time that I'm giving these services, so I am definitely seeing that happening uh, in the future. But yeah, if you are giving quality question answer solutions, there's no institute who's going to say no. Every institute is going to ask for samples. Every founder is going to ask you for samples, right? if if your work whatever kind of work you're doing if they can see that in your samples and in the questions later that you give them if the sample is approved you are definitely going to see more and more such projects right, right. because the number of questions the demand for questions that never dies never dies every institute over here is competing in the number of questions that they can provide mm. so somebody's providing five question somebody is providing 3000 so they have got to go above 5000 to create an edge right so the number of required question and the solutions it never dies in these institutes you know so yeah great so i was going to ask you you know what's the fuss about creating questions because see 
this is how I've understood. Please help me if I'm, hmm. you know, just correct me if I'm wrong. Right. Uh, see, there is internet. There's so much of information hmm. for free out there. And uh, as a face-to-face institute, you know, you're only giving hmm. personally your questions. You might be printing it or whatever it is. The chances for copyright and all those things is very negligible because it's just a one-on-one interaction. Student is not going to go to the internet and stuff like that. Uh, but when it comes to, let's say, online, let's say, you know, you're teaching online and then let's say you've created a portal where, you know, you've got questions and stuff like that. And let's yeah. say you are yeah. just plagiarizing or you're just copying from somebody else, you're just taking yeah. questions from the internet and putting that could lead to problems, not only legal problems, but also repetitive. You know, what's the value student is getting by seeing the same uh, same question, right? Yeah. So I was thinking, um, you know, probably... In the institutes where there are face-to-face training, classroom training happening, questions was never a problem. The problem is only for the online people, you know, who are trying to build a brand and, you know, who are trying to have their own test series. But uh, looks like that's not the case. Even the institutes are really trying to get new questions. And you are saying institutes, one of the things by which they market and sell is the number of questions that they give the students. Is it practice questions? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So now I'll tell you what they have analytics in place. Right. Right. So uh, there are a couple of companies uh, training for GMAT who have analytics in place and uh, they tag their questions as per the logic that it's checking you. Right. 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 Analytically to understand which particular topic is there where you need help. Right. 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 And what kind of help? You'll have to revisit the video that you've already gone through. Right. Right. So let's say... Let's say in the verbal section, there are three sections, R, C, C, R, and whatever, right? So let's say when I was practicing, right? In reading comprehensions, I was not doing great. And the analytics showed it that, you know, you your accuracy was only 20% in this. What will I do? I'll go back to the reading comprehension videos, which I had learned, which I'd gone through earlier, and then try to identify the problem over there. Right. So basically, the number of the more the number of questions, even the demand is like that, you know, it's not the institute's fault. It's basically the questions the students they are posing are also like that, that, you know, how many questions will we be practicing? How many papers are we going to practice? And that's a tough spot, you know, because for me, I feel GMAT and GRE kind of tests, you do not need to practice more than five mocks. It's not like CAT, right? It's not like CAT where you go on practicing, go on practicing. It's like, You take a one mock, you do justice to it. You analyze everything in that particular mock. You make the most out of it. Your mistakes, your strengths, your weakness, everything, right? And then the time you take up a second mock, you keep a gap so that you work on your mistakes in a second mock gives you a better score. So you don't go, uh, you know, practicing a lot of mocks for GMAT and GRE kind of courses. But the students would ask you, Mm. students would ask you that, you know, how many mocks are we going to practice? Because in their mind, it's like the number of mocks, more the number of mocks you practice, the better, better you will be. Right. But my point is that that's not going to make you better. Oh. What is going to make you better is the more analysis you do. The on deeper your mocks. you go in each of the mock. Yeah. So if you're spending one hour for the mock, you'll have to spend five hours to analyze the entire mock. You know, everything, even for the right ones, that why did you get it right? Was your reason correct? Was it genuine enough? Right? So you've got to do that detailed study. Right? So that is, that's the whole fuss about questions. Right? right. That is where uh, the institutes have got to market like 
you know, you'll be practicing 5,000 critical reasoning questions or whatever the number is. They're going crazy, right, about the number of questions. Uh, it's it's because the demand is like that. The students you know? are asking the institutes these kind of questions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And great. So, Moni, a couple of things, but before I go there, how do you, so the students coming to you, uh, how hmm. do you tackle this? I mean, are you able to convince them, look, you know, it's just the quality and the depth uh, of the mock that you do and more than it's not the quantity. So are you able to convince them? And uh... Yeah. So basically, I tell you, I am not able to convince all of them, right? right? That's the fact. And I do not want to convince all of them. Got it. You know, I want a student to visit me only if that person understands that he... So because, you know, the moment I say that you have to spend five hours on your analysis, like that kind of a statement, it scares them, right? right? Like, oh my God, who's going to spend so much of time? I just want to see my score and see the next score, right? right? But I only want to entertain those students who are actually serious enough to put in their time and efforts, Got right? It. So this keeps me sorted or this helps me frittering the students that I want to train. Right. So, um, yeah, it's pretty good for me. I'm very clear about this. And only if the student is okay with it, I do not try and persuade. I will give the pros and cons. But if that's not enough, then I would not want to take up the trainings. Because I know down the line that person is going to come back to me again. Anyways, any which ways. Probably, you know, they'll do mistakes. Everybody does mistakes. That's all right. But they'll do mistakes. They'll realize that they the approach that they took by practicing 15 mocks or 10 mocks was not good enough, right? So that's the time probably they'll realize that I should have spent some more time, right? So, yeah. Got it, Moini. But, I mean, from a business point of view, right? Let's say, you know, uh, you're looking at somebody about you is monitoring your numbers. Of course, it's not the case, hypothetically. What's your problem yeah. in even entertaining yeah. those uh, students who believe, you know, it's got to do with the quantity? I mean, you are anyway uh, nothing to lose, right? Yeah, I mean, see, the thing is that uh, with even the business point of view, I'm telling you that uh, if I'm catering to the right students, my uh, my goodwill increases, right? So because their scores are... Right, right, right. Your reputation, your... Okay, got it. I am not looking for short-term goals. I am looking for a long-term goal, right? So I don't want to exist in the market for the next five years. I want to exist throughout. Got it. You know? And to make it happen throughout, I'll have to, it's not like if a student asks me for numbers or number of questions, I would not be like not interested to explain him at all, right? I would try and make the student understand that, you know, please get my point that I've been training in this industry for 10 years now. This is not going to help you. This is going to help you. That's my first opinion, right? But I've got to be true to myself and the student, Right. right? And if the student still doesn't agree, then there's no pushing. Obviously, you can't push anybody, right? But uh, like I said, I'm only uh, looking for longer term goals. And for that kind of a goal, I'll have to cater to the right students, right? Who can have that capacity to understand. Got it, Moni. You're saying that, you know, you're implying, look, um, the chances of these guys not getting the desired results is more um yeah that, and you do not want that on your portfolio or you know your results yeah got it yeah. moini you said uh for test maestro linkedin has played a huge role uh can you yeah. in a, in as depth as possible walk walk us through your 
journey on LinkedIn? You know, when did you start? Uh, how did you approach it at first? And uh, when did a certain structure come into play and all that? So I'll tell you what, I have been not so great with LinkedIn, okay. honestly. Like uh, I've been planning to put up posts or to be more active on LinkedIn. Like, you know, let me pick up one question that I create on and post it on my profile, you know, just post it, ask for answers or be just more active. There are many ways to be active on LinkedIn. I've not been able to do so, right? Honestly. Uh but the kind of experience, for example, uh, I'll tell you honestly, the brands that I have worked with has fetched me clients coming in and the students coming in, right? So fortunately, I got some big players. I've been working with them, I'm still working with them. When they open up my profile, the first thing somebody is going to see is kind of work that you have done, right? And if they see familiar names, right, familiar names, very specifically, they kind of have more faith in mm. you that you probably know your thing, whatever right, you're doing, right? right? And uh, that is how uh, even the startups would appro- approach you. So I've also worked as an education consultant for a few startups. Yeah. I've helped them create the entire platform right from the beginning to the end. And once we have delivered all the questions and solutions, how it should look like on their portal, what all they can include in their uh, course, once that's done, my job is done, okay. right? So I've even done those kind of roles. But then, um, like I said, the names, the familiar names that they see on my profile is something that makes them, uh, you know, approach me. Got it. So you're saying, okay, this is about, you just, uh, you've used LinkedIn just to showcase, you know, the people that you've worked with, the brands you've yeah. worked with, and they just see your profile. Income. You yeah. have not done active posting and stuff like that. Yeah, and that's a bad point. That's a bad point. Somebody who is in this field, they should definitely be active on LinkedIn. Definitely, uh, you know, write about their experiences. Definitely write about how they deal with students in different kind of situations. Because the platform is meant for that, right? The platform is meant for um, me to help someone else who's working in a similar field and say that, hey, I faced a similar situation. I tackled it like that. So that can give some ideas to the other people who are working right but uh, it's a it's a bad point that i've not been able to stay active on linkedin like that i am planning to but again because of the workload that you get you end up you know not uh, being so active over there but yeah linkedin is of great help great great help. you you said because of the workload but can you uh, try and deep dive a little bit more into why you hmm. haven't been able to do that. If you put your mind, you can do that, right? I mean, there is something... Yeah, so first, yeah. of all, I, first of all, because there's some content feeling about the number of projects that I have, right? So you will only go You're not hungry enough. When, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Unfortunately, I don't know what to say. But yeah, I mean, um, I'm overwhelmed with the projects that I'm working on right now. And like I said, I am, uh, you know, giving the quality work. So it requires a lot of time and efforts. You know, so yeah, I mean, I'm not getting that opportunity to be there on LinkedIn. So somebody, I'll tell you, this gives me an idea that let's say if somebody is there who can create great question answer solutions, but has not worked with brands. Right. For somebody like that, that person should definitely post a question as a solution on LinkedIn, which will give these institutes an idea as to their cap- his or her capabilities. Right. 
so it can be used like that like i said i've been blessed with some things that have happened in my career right. because of that everything is working fine till now but i'm no i know that that's not going to last yeah, for yeah, long yeah yeah exactly yeah Yeah, so I've got to go ahead and do something on LinkedIn. I have got to have a YouTube channel where I give away some tricks, some tips to the students for free. These are the things that we should be doing, you know. But uh, I just need to have the time and capacity for it. Got it, Moini. Uh, let's, you know, now go to test maestro, and uh, I want to uh, ask you about, you know, how did you get your first student? Oh, uh, okay. so um all right first student was again uh, you know somebody who approached me through linkedin okay. right ha huh. and honestly like i said i was not uh, running for money or i was not uh, you know initially initially i was not uh, very uh, stringent about the money part right i only wanted the scores and i only wanted the student of a great experience right. studying with right. me right so uh, yeah i lowered down the rates a lot Okay. Correct. I lowered on the rates a lot. Put in lot of efforts, which I still do. Efforts have not reduced, but yes, I have come to the standard market rate that uh, is going on, right? Um. But yeah, initially somebody contacted me on LinkedIn. I got to train a student through that platform. There's one more platform, you know, a uh, teacher on. Teacher on. Okay. Yeah. So I created a profile of mine over there as well. so majorly the sat students would approach me from teacher on mm. for gmat uh, and gre i would get the opportunities from linkedin wow okay cool yeah okay you said you lowered your rates and then you said you use the word market rate so what is the market rate how low did you go i'm asking this for people you know who are starting off uh does yeah. just the lowering the rates does the trick or you know because uh, i mean i'm coming from a point of view that people who are going to take gmat or gre you know these guys are going to go abroad right it's not like they yeah. have a problem paying or something maybe some of them may be um uh, you know sticking it out of their budget and stuff but for people yeah. who are starting off what do you suggest would be a good rate you know to attract more students so uh, i'll tell you honestly there is no standard good rate okay Okay that's I mean that was my gut feeling to go ahead with a certain rate got it right uh there's no standard market rate also because I don't know everybody who's training in the market right right I know few and uh, that too I know from others that you know the other person is charging this much the other person and I don't know a lot of people who are in this industry personally when it comes to the rates right. and stuff also there is a constant comparison between what you're doing over here compared to the institutes like who have who are running these batches right, right? so for a certain amount and then um, of course they, the the student will tell you that you know what i'm getting uh, to get this verbal thing sorted from there at x rate so you know will you lower down your rates a little bit and they it's oh, not the like students ask a, okay the, there is a bit yeah. of negotiation that happens okay there is definitely because there are adults you are dealing with you know they uh, they definitely no matter i think it's just there you know let's just say that everybody does that <laughs> you know it's not like that there's no negotiation or uh, everybody is very comfortable in play, paying whatever you want or whatever the number you give away right but um yeah i mean students would negotiate 
and uh, my idea is just like i said you know when i when i show the kind of scores that i have been able to mm. get then probably the negotiations stops somewhere right. you know right and that's where you know my initial hard work on uh, working those students who were capable right but uh, probably was stuck because of some reason right that helped me a lot in uh, showcasing that this is the kind of score that you can expect to right. get so let's not uh, haggle between the cost and the price and everything trust me it's going to be good for you got it talking about uh, rates from my experience from the people that i've spoken to uh, the yes. highest that i've heard is somewhere you know 3000 rupees per hour is yeah that is you know i've heard 4000 also yeah 4000 is the highest uh, i've heard from act and sat markets but yeah. probably gmat gre or verbal let's take it verbal verbal is 3000 yeah. or if you buy a 20 hour package then it probably you know gets a little reduce a little yeah. but yeah Uh, that's the kind of uh, prices uh, that are in the market right now from what i know but um, now for f- for people who are starting off see the typical journey of um, individual trainers today you know who are uh, who are running very good uh, you know who are running in a very good way they've all started off by teaching for another academy like you said you know they have the backing of, of brands that they've worked with now uh, do you think that's the only way for beginners to start off with should they just do that or do you think need not be you can also start off on your own without that if you think they can what should they do what are the best practices so so honestly for me working at an institute and uh, because they go th- uh, you know they make you go through an exhaustive process right that you've got to give these number of papers you've got to attend because now you're going to a class full of 30 students right you can't go without practice right, right? you can't go without knowing what you're right. doing and especially gmat right gmat uh, all the adults are coming the questions are varied and uh, they are very good questions you know they are not like stupid questions right. they are very very strong good questions right. right so you've got to be very well versed with what you're planning to train mm-hmm. right so that gave me a very good exposure right now i'll tell you what all those institutes that i worked for i know what they what their training process is how they want to train their students when i say how they want to train is basically the learning logics that they want to give away right i know at least four to five institutes and their learning logics mm. right i know about their pros i know about their cons for these four institutes right and when i came up with my teaching manner i have picked up the pros uh pon uh yeah pros, pros right yeah. i picked up the pro right right so basically now that i the manner with you know i teach it it has a lot to do with institutes that i've worked with they have mm. they 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 treated me like a student initially right, right. while training right and then eventually i became a teacher over there got it so uh, they have a lot to do with the manner that i teach right now plus i have my own way of thinking now because like i said i created a lot of questions and solutions i came to know a lot of things that we can tell the students about for example as simple as you know when it comes to reading passages right let's say for example sats reading passages there are a lot coming in from history us history right right and uh, these are the passages that the students are very scared of 
because the language is totally different. It's not like a simple layman language that they use. So why don't we make uh, them comfortable about the history and the terms that they use in the history, U.S. history already, so that when they see the passage, they are they feel like it's familiar, right? They know these terms, correct? So it can be as small as that, you know, that uh, you basically come up with something that, you know, I face this question a lot from my students. My students are stuck in science passages. Although the fancy names have nothing to do with the questions, but they are stuck with those passages. So let me find a way to cut out all that crap and, you know, let the student focus on what they need to really read, right? So institutes have a lot to do. So anybody who is uh, planning to do this either has to be really, really strong about his or her skills, right? Probably has gotten the desired scores himself, correct? And uh, then probably, you know, go ahead and start training if you're very, very strong about right. what you've got, right? Otherwise, I mean, institute uh, learning from them is a great way as well. Got it, Moni. Yeah, I think it's pretty clear. You know, somebody who wants to go get into training uh, for the yeah. test preps, for the tests, I think the uh, best way to go is gain some experience by teaching in institutes because it kind of shortens your learning curves, what I understand from what you Also, you'll realize whether you really like it or not. Oh, that right? It's not everybody's cup of right. tea. It's not like everybody's going to enjoy those difficult questions that the students are going to ask in the session. Right. Especially when it comes to GMAT, GRE sessions, right? You have those critical reasoning arguments where there can be a lot of argument between the teacher and the students, you know, because they have their own logic yeah, to give. Yeah. And we have a different logic as per the exam, right? So do you like that kind of a conversation or not? If you're somebody who's getting frustrated of such conversations, then I don't think the feel is for you, right? So you also need to understand whether you like it or not. Got it. Have there been times when you've said, I don't know? Of course. Of and how course. important is what? that? There's a, yeah, I mean, you know, because it's not very easy to say, I don't know as a trainer. Yeah, see, you've got to be comfortable with that. So my point was that, you know, I this person is planning his or her master's and so much of investment on the basis of what I'm going to tell. Right. 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 But I can't be wrong. I can't be like, um, maybe also, right? I have to be very sure. Very, very. And if I'm not, I would just say that, you know what? This is a great question. But unfortunately, as of now, I don't have an answer. Let me work on it. That has worked, helped me a lot, honestly. You know, uh, I have done my prep, but at times you will find these kind of situations, right? Uh, so you just got to say what you know and what you don't know right there's no way out of it i mean when when the institute you first joined when they were training you when they were trying to ramp you up did, did they talk about this as a topic you know what in the class if you do not know something feel free to say i don't know or did it did you experience that uh by chance and then you know see once oh. you said it for the first time i i understand how it is but i just want to huh. realize the first time were you already told or did you experience it yourself See, no institute will tell you that, you know, you should just say that I don't know to students, but right? Because, um, I they mean, expect you they, to clear the doubt. Yeah, first of all, they will expect me to know it, right? right? That how is it possible that you don't know, right? But that's a very unrealistic expectation. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, that's a very unrealistic expectation. You might not yeah. know, 
right? You can't know every, especially when you're starting yes. off, yes. right? So uh, it's all right. Uh, nobody told me that say this, and it's not wise for them. I, I totally understand why it's not wise for them. I took a call that you know I can't do that because I have also prepared for some courses, and I would have hated it if the teacher would just give me any random answer rather than call you know giving me a good qualified answer, right? right. So, yeah. Got it. Got it, Moni. Moni, another thing that I've noticed, right? Uh, all the trainers that I've spoken to, everybody has yeah. kind of gotten into it by accident. You know, it's not a planned career. Say, for example, there are people, you know, who plan to do an MBA and then do an MBA and then again yeah. do something. But why yeah. is it so, uh, you know, like that? Do you see going ahead the test prep coaching itself becoming a career choice? It is. It is. It now. is now? Now it is. People are preparing yeah. for it, uh, you know, even while they're studying. Yeah. So there are students who have asked me that, you know, ma'am, how do I get to doing what you're doing? Or, you know, how do I get to become a teacher who can train? Students? And these are people who they come to you to learn uh, GMAT SAT or? For learning and also randomly oh, okay. uh, from LinkedIn, somebody. So LinkedIn is like that, right? Even I would reach out to somebody if yeah, I yeah, want yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. some help. And nobody says no, of yeah. course. There's no way that anybody would say no for any yes. kind of a help. So there are people approaching and asking that, ma'am, I have been doing, uh, I've been working in HR right mm. now. What, I want to get into the teaching industry. I don't like this job. I want to get into the teaching industry. What do I do? Right. So there are people choosing this field, right? Um, so, yeah, I mean, even I got into this field by accident. Like yeah, I yeah, yeah, yeah. started off as a trainer because I liked the training thing, what they were doing in the soft skill class. And then IELTS, TOEFL, and then GMAT, GRE, SAT, and then now this, right? So it happens by accident, but people are now very aware of this field and they want to opt for it. It's a great field, honestly. Somebody who likes to interact with students, likes to read a lot as well, because you've got to read, especially in the verbal section, you've got to right, read a right. lot. If you're comfortable in doing that and you like it, not comfortable actually, like doing it, then you should definitely explore this. It's a... It's a well-paying job, you know. Uh, it's not like it's not gonna be well-paid for you. So can you can yeah. you can you talk a little bit more about say, uh, com- you know, comparing it to a nine-to-five job and you know taking this job up uh, as a career choice? What are the pros and cons? What can people expect and what they need to be ready for? And uh, okay. what is the kind of money that people can make? So the thing is, in the nine, it's quite subjective, you know, for everybody because somebody might not want to put in any effort after five. Right. Like you said, and in the teaching industry, it's not like that. It's like uh, you've got to see your calendar and uh, any slot that you feel that is uh, something that you can give away, you'll have to give away to the student. But that's not the only thing that you're doing. To give away that one slot to the student, you have to also pre-work and post-work. Right. 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 So uh, there is no certain hour, I would say, when you're training, training, right, right? Definitely, there are late night hours when you have to give away to GMAT, GRE students. For SAT, I have students based out of the US. You'll have to give away some early morning hours, late night hours again, right? Because their time zone is different. You you have to do all that, right? But again, it's totally subjective. For me, it worked wonderfully. Right. I am not comfortable with the login and log out kind of a culture. Right. 
I am comfortable with this is my space. I am the freshest or the the brightest right now. So I will do all my important tasks at this particular right. time. Right. I am of that mentality. Got it. So, yeah. Got it, Moini. Now coming back to you know uh, test maestro, we spoke about how you got your first student. You know you got it through LinkedIn and stuff. And uh, how has the growth been? You know how many students. at the time you started off how many right now and yeah so when i started off test maestro i had only one student right. test maestro before that like i said i was exploring right so at that point in time i had 6 7 students nothing more and then when i actually officially uh, got my company registered and everything i had one student that i started off right with, right? right now i am down to um, not down to but i'm taking up 25 students at this point in time and uh, that's that's more than enough for me to take got it right so i have to take up personally their classes i will not be able to go beyond this number or the quality will get compromised right. like i said i will not compromise on the compromise on the quality part so this is the max that i think as an individual i can take up because they all are one on one tutoring got it like they all have private tutoring that are going got on. it and i'm also working on question answer solutions for a few institutes now uh, that is again i did not have any client when i started right. off for the question answer solution services but uh, now i am catering to four institutes uh, one for gre mm-hmm. and for gmat right so again you know when i say when catering to them it goes like you know probably a month i will sit down and create questions and solutions for them right they would need 10 days to go through them right then i'll start working on the next set like you know th- there is a gap that i get right right but then yeah i'm catering to four institutes right now for their content work great stuff yeah moini when it comes to you know being a business operator or a business owner payments is something hmm. that is a thing i mean it's not yeah. something just to let it go but it's a thing it occupies a little yeah. bit of your mind space because some people pay yeah. well some people are not great at paying yeah. what are your experiences yeah. around that and what is the process that you've come to which is comfortable for you oh so honestly i have never liked negotiating right i'm somebody who hates this right i mean i can't do this i'm too bad with it right i might just get exploited <laughs> with this kind of a negotiation skill got it so um, you know uh, and it's the worst discussion for me like i don't like this discussion at all right. but yeah of course you know when you start up with something you've got to do everything right, right? you've got to do everything on your own right. so uh, yeah i mean uh, my experience has been great with few of the institutes who had no issues with the quality that i was giving them hmm. right but there were certain institutes uh, and there are you know and i i am sure i'm going to get such institutes again right who would haggle a lot even in the payments you know so few institutes will have a payment certain payment cycle where they'll pay you after 45 days right of your work being submitted or something right even after 45 days you might not get your payment so again you basically are creating the content you have delivered the content on time but you might you probably are still struggling to get your payment for the work that you have delivered right, right? so while you are working on your question answer solutions while you are even teaching your students you might have to make calls to get your payment done also mm. 
so that is another part that you know you should be comfortable with doing and it takes up time creating invoices that takes up time you know sending them out managing the taxing and everything with your ca is also going to take up time right. making sure that your payments are getting uh, done timely and also uh, reaching out to those people for payments you know that becomes a lengthy process if your client is somebody who is not making the payments on time right so till now i've gotten only uh, two to three clients like that nothing i mean but yeah i mean there was a big struggle the huge struggle in getting the payments done but yeah i mean uh, because you're running a company you've got to be open to doing everything got it right so that can be an issue but you will have to make your way through no solutions for it any changes you made after that experience honestly uh, when i like i said i've worked with big brands when it comes to questions and solutions they have their policies you might want them to change the policies for you but you probably i was probably i was not able to change their policies for me right. right because it works for everybody like that right right so i couldn't do anything about it but yeah i mean the only solution is that if they are too troublesome probably don't work with them <laughs> you know save yourself the trouble that yeah. yeah i mean uh, because it's it's really um, you know it takes up a lot of time and t- it takes up a lot of uh, time and space right you've just started up with your company you have your um, financial sorted you would wa- you would know that this is coming in this is going right. out if the coming in doesn't happen timely your going out will have an issue right? right and you might just face a lot of trouble because of that so which i did face you know and uh, it was a bad experience but i no longer work for that client right because you've got to be clear with your mind to create question as a solution it requires a lot of um, you know thinking and a lot of uh, freshness cool. right it it can't be overwhelmed with these tasks but this is a challenge this is a big challenge again like i said but what about when it comes done. to students you take up front or you know you ha huh. for students it's little sorted it's not so troublesome i don't take up the entire amount in advance because uh, you've got to understand that the student might not be comfortable or the parent like in sat you you deal with parents right. so you don't bill the, the student directly so the parent might not be comfortable in giving away the entire amount up front so you might want to segregate it so let's say give me 20 hours of payment earlier for the rest of the hours you can make it after 20 or something like that right so this was this is something that i follow if i'm giving a 30 hour of training then i would take up 20 hours in advance and 10 hours i'll keep it after 20 hours got it and what's the typical number of hours it takes for you to complete somebody's training uh so honestly 20 hours are more than enough 10 hours i keep because i might want to discuss or analyze the mocks again with the students right. i want them to probably they have some waiting period they might want to continue practicing right for such kind of tasks i keep 10 hours separately got it moni moni uh, yeah. another part of these teachings right now we know that you know during 2020 we were in the middle of a pandemic uh before yeah. pandemic there were classroom trainings and then you know during mm-hmm. the pandemic and after pandemic things have changed a lot um mm-hmm. so when it comes to online teaching have you been comfortable mm-hmm. doing online teaching even before the pandemic or uh, you started online only after the pandemic so online happened um, just before the pandemic 
right and that was also because of one of the institutes that i was working with they had started with few or they were already taking their live webinars and everything right which happens everywhere right. so i started taking up the online trainings through them mm-hmm. right and during the pandemic obviously it was entirely online, online. yeah so before pandemic just before pandemic i got the exposure to you know the online sessions that i am taking up right now got it and how has it been different for you teaching in a classroom atmosphere to online was was there a bit of a learning curve in the transition so honestly um while i was working with the institute taking up online session it was a big trouble because uh, you have 30 to 40 students in your zoom meeting probably uh, you know somebody is responding somebody is not right i don't know if they are getting the concept or not the videos are right. off don't know if they are even looking or hearing right so there's a lot of uh, you know uh, you just don't know what they are doing right. because they won't apply right so it's it's a trouble right. but now that i am taking up only one on one tutoring i don't take up batches because i uh, you know i don't want to even if i take a batch someday i will not go ahead or uh, with go beyond five students in a session got it but i don't think it's uh, possible for me as a teacher to know 40 students in the class personally and know all of their strengths and weaknesses right, right? for me it's not possible to do that so i like i said i'm looking for great scores got it and i will do it on a personal level right so got yeah. it what are the tools that you need to run a successful online teaching business you need a zoom membership and a pen tab and so, a pen tab that's about it yeah that's about okay, it okay what about the mock tests uh, how do you provide mock tests to your students so mock tests are online right so you i don't uh, give away so i don't discuss the mocks here in the session itself okay. right so either they'll have the pdfs or they'll be taking an online test so right? you subscribe Which for another uh, service when it comes to mock tests no that's a uh, mba.com right so they take up a test over there right right i'll have their uh, credentials to see and analyze what they have done got it got it right got it. so um, that way we have managed till now and i don't see changing it somewhere in the near future got it so that is how that's enough i mean if you know your topics i mean a pentab and a zoom membership is more than enough right all the contents available every student whoever is taking up uh, gmat is definitely going to take up mba.com subscription and uh, in order to analyze those tests all you need is their credentials which you, they'll be more than happy to give away so you consider this yeah. analysis time of yours also as a like an hour of your package or that's no no that's separate So when I say twenty hours of training, that's only when I am interacting with the students. Oh, so you do that free of cost? That's that's a part, part of, of my your service. service. Got it? Yeah. So the services that I provide they include the concept building, the practice, the doubt sessions, and the analysis that I do. That is my responsibility. You know, it, it need it should it's a part of the service, so it need not be paid separately. Got it, Moni? Moni, you said as of now, you know, you your bandwidth. as far as the number of students is concerned is 25 right and uh, yeah. you f- from the from the way you're going you have no problem getting those 25 students you just get them on linkedin you have a constant uh, flow not not just linkedin not just teacher linkedin on, honestly right teacher on is there and also this word of mouth there's a lot of word of, word mouth, of mouth you know right so i mean i have not run marketing campaigns for my website the reason is only this because the word of mouth is going good 
right and also i am a i'm a visiting uh, teacher for a few institutes right. then you know i've got i've got it split like i said Amazing. i've yeah. got to do <laughs> you haven't put all yeah. your eggs in one basket sort of a thing yeah i mean you can't because i'm honestly as a somebody who has quit her job and doing this thing you've got to be safe also and also this is what i like doing right so yeah, i don't have yeah. any problem going to an institute and uh, just deliver a lecture about what i like right so yeah it's like that okay you get paid the same amount of money from the institute also for the number of hours that you do or is there some sort of a difference it's different it's different so when you are going as a visiting faculty you are not taking up the concepts like i said you know when i take up uh, these kind of lectures i'm not taking the concepts unless and until i feel the student has absolutely no clue about the concept right right uh, so the the hourly payments for those sessions is more because you don't have to put in a lot of oh, hours oh more okay great I'll probably i'll probably just give 10 hours got it, you know got it got it separated in intervals and uh, it it's more for one hour there you're deliberately doing this being a visiting faculty taking up uh, creating questions projects and teaching yeah. so that you're you're splitting yeah. your you feel that if something goes down you still have a couple of others to bank on that's your yeah. mindset also also like i said these uh, familiar names on my linkedin has gotten me a lot of opportunities huh. right so i don't want to stop with that you know right. i want to uh, reach out i i would be more than happy in even reaching out to those institutes who are doing very well in the industries and ask you know if you require any help with the content creation or even with the teaching as a visiting faculty so i want them coming in right so there are a lot of these players there and they have these they they require these helps they require these services so why not this is great because i was going to ask you Hey Moini, you know you've got twenty five students now. Are you prepared for a mm-hmm. time when you may not get twenty five students? You seem to have your bases covered, but let me rephrase yeah. my question like this, right? Mm-hmm. Now say you know you are making X amount of money per month, whatever it might be. Uh, as human mm-hmm. beings, we always want to uh, outdo ourselves, right? I mean, uh, no matter how much it is compared to the outside world, you have your own standards yeah. and you want to keep going up. Uh, yeah. How do you see that? Do you uh, do you have a plan to scale up, or you're happy to just yeah. you know? Okay, yeah, please talk about it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like I said, I want to come to that level where I supervise these things rather than deliver. Right. right? I want to keep the quality um, and the learning way similar to what I'm doing right, right. now. Right. and this will also give opportunities right i also want to create opportunities for the others to get into this field and there are many who want to right. you know who would want to explore this right. right right so uh i want to train teachers on these fields so that they can take up these opportunities that i am busy doing right now right. and then finally so let's say for example in the next 2 years i have a capacity of 150 students because of the teachers that i have hired and i've trained and everything now i want to come to that level where i supervise what these 150 students are doing right so basically what i do as a visiting faculty with other institutes i want do to do with that maestro correct so that these more students get the benefit out of what i am doing right now rather than those 25 i would obviously want to cater more students got it and yeah. uh, you seem to also uh, you know uh, believe that that 
analyzing what a student has done more than delivering lectures and teaching them. It's I yeah. you, I think you feel there's a lot more value that you provide after the mock is done, where you analyze and find out their strengths and weaknesses. Is that right? Yeah. So so I'll tell you what it requires an understanding right from the beginning, right? Because once they hit the mock, right, they'll have certain score in hand. which can be motivating which can be demotivating as well right so i would want to see if let's say they are done with one section of the verbal preparation i would want to see how are they doing with that one one section right do i need to touch base with anything with uh, related to concepts in that one particular section are they good to go to the next section right so if i see that right from the beginning which is something that i do for my students in my one on one tutoring right, right? so unless and until i feel they are uh, getting an accuracy of 70 to 75% above in a particular section i will not move to the other section right correct so either they get that accuracy or they practice enough the way i'm asking them to or they just don't go ahead like you know they will have to choose if they want to go ahead they've got to get a 75% accuracy in this or we are not going ahead correct so i i want to hand hold them and then take them to the mock where they get motivated because the scores on that mock would matter a lot right. even though it's going to be the first mock it's going to matter a lot it will decide the pace of the next mocks if i don't get a good score in my first mock i will be demotivated for the second mock and that demotivation can affect the second mock as well right so while they are learning the concepts i want to see how they are doing in the practice stage after the learning right got it mohini um i'm probably coming to you know the final part of my part of this podcast i just have this particular aspect now as a business owner right you're running a business what are the uh opportunities that other people can expect from you mm-hmm. as a business owner are there uh, places you know yes you you are already giving opportunities to teachers as yeah. a typical training business what are the other mm-hmm. services that you depend uh, that you think you know are not very essential for you to do that you can outsource what are such things huh. that you know do you have vendors like that already or you know you're planning to outsource stuff no i don't have such vendors in place but i might have to get those vendors in place because i need analytics and like i said if i get right. 125 students in place i would not be able to do it manually right yes yes that right. yes so i i will need help with that also these tests are all online uh, they they are conducted online right, right? so sp is online now does gmat jerry already they were being conducted online so i also need a platform where i will have to set up my questions that i create on these platforms so that they get a very real life experience got it right and also you know like while they are taking up the test there should be somebody to monitor them like you know proctor tests so probably a tool where they get monitored at the same time while they're taking the test which tells me about their movement did they move a lot did they go get a water bottle bottle of water what what did they do while taking the test because sometimes you know um, my questions are like that you know when a student is taking the test my questions are like so your first section went very well what happened in the second section 
so then comes the things like you know ma'am i took a break for 10 minutes and then uh, you know somebody came on the door and those things they they basically create a problem on your test right, right? and then my analysis might go wrong right 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 so i i need those tests to be proctored and for that again the tool is going to help uh, you can't be available online right so yeah got it moni uh moni it's mm. been great uh, you know chatting with you and understanding thank you for taking me through the entire process and um, also uncovering ways for aspiring coaches or trainers to kind of crack this mm. domain um mm-hmm. but before we log off as an mm. industry you know uh, mm-hmm. how do you see i mean what's going on is it only the demand is only increasing or uh, mm-hmm. because i just have i heard that the us mm-hmm. colleges are mm-hmm. now not making them they're not making it mandatory that mm-hmm. uh, somebody needs to have a sat score hmm. right uh, with all this how do you see this in the next 5 years what are the changes that you expect how do you people like you need to adapt have you thought about such so, things yeah yeah absolutely after this huge transition of the test like gmat and gre so gre was very unexpected for me which was going to happen eventually i thought you know it's going to happen because they both are linked but it happened so soon was not expected but like uh, you know you've got to adapt right i mean even the gmat focus edition has, the books have just come in right all we can do is just adapt to those things the basis they remain the same right the 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 english test the actual thing that they are checking you on will always remain the same you know the logics would remain the same they might put it across in a different manner, manner right the format right but the logics they remain the same right so it's not of um, harm to anybody to already know these things right, right? so even people who are taking up uh, the preparations for the old gmat test will have no problems in taking up the new one as well because their base is still the same right you right. know we have just moved a few aspects but most of the things are still there correct now even with the sats gmat gre even with all these changes happening right now i don't see the demand going down anywhere near in the future right correct people are still demanding for sre coachings because there has to be something very very concrete the ivy leagues are still demanding sats right so there's no way that uh, for now that the demand is going down the demand is still there and it's increasing day by day because awareness is increasing day by day right more ch- more parents even in our country are uh, considering sats more universities in our country are also accepting sat scores right so it's just it's it's increasing for sure you know and uh, unless and until something really huge drastically happens again even if it happens we've got to adapt to it and like i said the base is not going to change right. the the thing that they are actually testing you on that is not going to change so yeah got it moni thank you so much again uh, it's been a pleasure sure. talking with you and uh, thank you so much for all the valuable information that you've shared same here it was lovely speaking to you and you know what while interacting with you it made me deep dive into a lot of stuff while speaking it out you know you generally don't right. do that on your daily life right. because you don't speak a lot about your company to people you're looking at the daily yeah. functioning right yeah. but while speaking to you i 
actually got to think a lot about you know the industry that I am in and what the kind of work that I'm doing. Thank you so much for this opportunity. Thank you so much uh, for your feedback. Uh, it's a pleasure. All right. This podcast is brought to you by Edison OS, a no-code edtech platform to operate an online education business. Knowledge entrepreneurs can use Edison OS to sell online courses from their own websites, manage online masterclasses, launch mobile learning apps, sell online practice tests for competitive exams, run online learning communities, digitizing their offline tutoring business, use it as a learning management system, and a lot more cases in the domain of knowledge commerce.